This is your Thursday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Plenty to get to today. I'll be joined by Spencer Hall, college football podcaster, college football writer. Lots of good stuff in that coming up in just a minute or two here. Also, get into a Kirk Cousins story that I thought was interesting in our newspaper and on the StarTribune.com today. But first, what did I miss? You know, I thought I wouldn't be talking much twins on, you know, the back half of this season when they've been playing, you know, when they played so poorly the first half of the year, but they've made me pay attention more than I thought I would need to. And, you know, again, the games aren't all that meaningful right now, but when Jorge Polanco, when one player hits a gets a walk-off uh opportunity, gets a ends a game Three of the last four nights when he walks off an opponent three times in four nights, we got to pay attention. He did it again on Wednesday afternoon with a single in extra innings to defeat Cleveland. Twins win another series, and Jorge Polanco delivers again. I've talked about Jorge on the show a couple different times, but you know, just if you're looking for a positive from this season, it is the rebound of health and production of Jorge Polanco had a great 2019 season. You know, he didn't hit, you know, 30 home runs like a lot of Bomba Squad guys did, but you know, 22 homers, 295 batting average, 841 OPS. Um then last year bothered by injuries, wasn't nearly as productive, only hit four home runs in the short season. This year though, looks like he's back to health playing primarily second base. And we'll see if that's his position going forward. Phil Miller and I talked about that a little bit on Wednesday show. You know, Twins don't really have a shortstop of the of the immediate 2022 future. Is Jorge Polanco staying at second base? Will they move him back to shortstop? Will they find kind of a bridge guy until you know, Royce Lewis or one of these other guys is available? Hard to say, but wherever he is playing, he's going to give you value because his hitting uh, for a middle infielder is uh, you know is, is off the charts right now. OPS over 800 and all of those walk off hits, uh, doing it again on Wednesday. So Twins win their fourth series in a row again. Big picture doesn't matter all that much, but Jorge Polanco being back where they want him to be, him being on a team friendly contract, uh, euphemism for. You know, he's maybe underpaid right now because they bought out uh, some of those years where he could have been making a little bit more under contact, under contract through 2023 at least, and then option on 2024, 25. So he could be here a long time, uh, depending on how this production goes. And right now, if I'm the Twins, I want Jorge Polanco here for a very long time. I'm Chris Hine, Timberwolves beat writer at the Star Tribune and the first five-time guest in daily delivery history. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast, our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, and even all of Rand's future blog posts about how the Timberwolves should trade for players they will never get, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. Really happy to have Spencer Hall on the podcast today. Spencer has done a lot of different things in the a lot of them in the college football realm over the years. That's how I got to know his work primarily. Um, you know, Banner Society, every day should be Saturday. Now, Channel Six. Can you explain that, Spencer? And how are you doing today? Yeah, uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. And thanks for the plug. Plugs are great. Channel Six is uh is our newsletter, our being uh myself and my partner Holly Anderson. We provide two things a week 
two things a week. The humble promise that we will send exactly two things, no fewer, possibly more, to your inbox each week. What are they going to be about? Mostly games and sports, sometimes just the things we want to talk about. For instance, everybody today is going to get a uh, an extensive newsletter and or post. It's also uh, a subscription site. So if that's your preferred method of reading, it's usually mine, to be honest, uh-huh. you can do that as well. But uh, you're going to get a breakdown of that Chargers-Rams fight in the stands from the preseason game because I thought it was worth it because there's a lady there who is the most chaotic individual I have ever seen in my life. So uh, you will get that. It is uh, You got to pay for most of it. There's a free version. You usually get that uh, occasional newsletter on Fridays if you subscribe to the free one. But, you know, subscribe for the good stuff because, like, I like paying people for stuff. You should like paying people for stuff. It's like a dollar and change a thing. A dollar and change a thing for all this quality internet content but if that's not your thing you can also follow me uh at edsbs or hey you can watch me uh on thinking out loud on the sec network which is going to be every monday at 7 p.m coming up during the college football season that's a lot uh does this count as one of the two things this podcast absolutely not okay this is this this would be your thing this is a one not not my thing so what i'm telling you that is gravy this this extra so enjoy i want to start well first off um spencer i feel like you're part of my tour of um old new media because i had je skeets on a couple weeks ago i'm gonna have drew mcgarry on next week um just people i really like people i've enjoyed meeting and um reading and listening to over the years, I actually met you in real life. This was like a decade ago at the blogs with balls conference in Chicago. Um, and enjoyed that as, as well. But one thing you wrote, and I want to get into a topic because I went back and read, reread something you wrote. This was banner society. This was like six years ago about paying college athletes. And it, Mm -hmm. I, I credit this piece with turning my opinion to a large degree on this subject, like a complete 180. Like I used to be one of those people that was like, oh, you get a free education. You, you know, you get this, you get that. Why should you pay the college athletes? And then you laid it out so perfectly in the piece just titled Broke with a lot of your own personal experience in there as well, that it changed my mind to a large degree. Now, fast forward six years, name image likeness, very fresh in this college sports landscape. What is your take on this way of kind of paying but not really paying allowing them to be paid i guess college athletes uh that the most vicious thing ever said about being american was said by a british person winston churchill saying that americans would eventually do the right thing but only after exhausting every other option first that we keep getting it that we keep getting it wrong because doing the right thing or doing the hard thing is simply too much because we're fundamentally either lazy or evil. I would prefer to think lazy, but the, the second, take, the take second pick, you, same, you get to the same point either way. You get to like, it, it's your intent is irrelevant if the effect is bad. Right. And we name image and likeness is great, but that's a right. That's something that people had rights to anyway. Getting f- a fair market value for your labor is right. So that's the next right. And people will say, well, isn't this enough? Or aren't you actually paying them? No, we're not. This is a gap in the market. 
and it's not even the gap that covers the primary value of their labor. This will all sound really tiresome to people who just want to watch the games, but I don't really care anymore. That's the thing you have to do in order to affect any kind of change is to be a royal pain in the ass, especially if you have the law on your side. And the Supreme Court's already opened the door for this. Yes. You know, the most conservative court in my lifetime essentially invited someone to file the case that would end all of this, saying that that the labor market that the NCAA currently uses would not stand in any court of law, that it made no sense, and it was a cheap lie and cover for separating people from their wages. So that's the most conservative court in our generation. And yes. they wrote that explicitly saying that we would not use this as precedent, but we would, we invite someone to just walk in and take it, to just walk <laughs> right. in and make us do the right thing because it's a court. They're not going to write legislation, but if they see this coming down the line in the form of a decision, it sounds like they're going to go ahead and do it. So I'm happy for name, image and likeness. It's very fun. Like it's very fun watching athletes, get endorsements watching jt daniels this is maybe <laughs> right. lost in your listeners but i'll i'll get you up to speed uh watching jt daniels become the georgian i think he was meant to be by getting a zaxby's endorsement if you're not <laughs> familiar zaxby's is a fried chicken chain here in georgia and in a couple of other states in the region they are um what i would call the primary flavor of salt they're they're ah. big on yeah, in terms of their spice palette. They got great salads. Like I'm actually going to like they're very very underrated in terms of actually getting you fresh salad with like good tomatoes and stuff if that's your thing. But he signed a he signed an endorsement deal with them and I thought, "Man, if you only celebrated TDs with a golf swing, you would be the most Georgia player imaginable." He's got the hair, he's got his Zaxby's endorsement. He's got it all. This is all very long answer, but it's my way no, of saying it's... and it, NIL's fun and it's been really enjoyable. It's not even half the paddle. Yeah, I like I, I, that's like just exactly where I am on, on that without the Zaxby's endorsement. Um, it's 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 like if it was an internet meme, it would be like, tell me you want to pay the players without paying the players. Like it's yeah. you're kind of you're not giving them any of your money, you're giving them somebody else's money. If I have an endorsement deal for yeah. an entire roster and they all get money off of this large pool of money that I am awarding everybody. That's real close to a salary. That's just like so close to a salary. No, it's an endorsement deal. It, we, why have I got to do the right thing and call it something else? No, yeah. like we we should get everybody on the payroll, even if that. And and to the answer of of well, how do you do this while being fair? How do you do this while being within Title Nine? My answer is every time the right thing comes up, somebody has got at least eleven D different ways of pointing to a bureaucracy and saying it can't be done which is a lie it can be done right yeah. work it out figure it out right there is but, no but, like but first exhaust all possible other terrible options exhaust every single option what it like or you know hey what does this mean for non-revenue sports i don't really care you're the ones who started a business that's that's facts right you, you're the ones who turned an amateur sport into a business with the help of an adoring public who really likes a lot of these sports. And if an adoring public is there for other non-revenue sports, and I don't want to single out any of them, 
because I think they all have their own audience and they should all happen. But those sports have happened at universities for a really long time without a whole lot of support. And I, I think that that's irrelevant to the argument. The argument here is trying to do right by the individuals who give labor for the university under the auspices of a business that has sheltered as a nonprofit. Most of these, most of these university athletic associations right. are nonprofit. Mm. That's, that's like, if you go and look at their tax, someone's filing. making some money though, Spencer, someone's making some mm. money. Yeah, you don't have to say someone It's coaches, it's coaches yeah. and administrators, yeah. you know, yes, it is. and I don't really like a lot of times people go, Oh man, administrators are making so much money. That is true. And there are a lot of them and they get to hide behind assistant and executive assistant to titles on down the line. Go back to coaches. Co yeah. Like who's the, like the biggest pigs at the trough here in terms of siphoning money away from athletes are people who have managed to convince people that the expertise in getting those athletes to the school in the first place for pennies means that they should get dollars. Like that's, that's really what it amounts to you know uh and like i i don't think the spotlight should be on them at all times you know like dabble swinney dabble swinney can say whatever he wants that man's salary comes directly out of his players pockets yeah it does it does and it's i love that point i want to get to a few other things with you. One of them being, you know, some of these being on the field stuff. I'm excited for this season. I had a hard time getting into last year and I, I don't even know if last year really counted. It was just a weird, everything was weird about last year. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. excited about this year. Just, you know, feeling more like it's hopefully closer to normal, um, whatever that is. I'm particularly interested in the, in the, potential expansion of the college football playoff because forever it was two teams or it was, you know, just random lists of vote for a champion. We've been kind of, again, we've been uh, to, to go back to the Churchill quote, we've been constantly um, inching maybe towards something more fair and equitable and something that makes more sense. The 12 team playoff on the table now feels like that would open up college football in a way that it hasn't been open ever maybe really or for a long time because right now you go into a season a handful of teams have a realistic chance of playing for the, for the playoff I, I went back and looked since they expanded to four teams in the seven years since they've expanded to four teams there have been a total of 11 different schools that have been in the in the four-team playoff it's just that's just 11 different schools and most of you know auburn oklahoma ohio state alabama they're you know they're there all the time um and so who you know as, as we think about a 12 team playoff, I think about a team like the Gophers. I think about other, you know, other marginal teams who have no, no chance at the beginning of the year to think about playing, at least competing in a 12, you know, in a 14 playoff, 12 teams is a total game changer to me. What, what's your take on that idea and what it would do to kind of programs on the fringes of being good? I think it allows for greater visibility for schools that already have a lot of visibility. Like, I, I think when you go, okay, well, who's going to be outside of that top four spots, five through 12, they're already pretty big. Like that's, you know, when you go, okay, well, who are, who are the lesser thans? Who are the, who are the downtrodden we're letting into this playoff? It's an illusion of equality because spots five through 12 are going to be, if I was just listening this year, who are we going to let this in? Well, let's go ahead and go over this. 
Georgia, Florida. <laughs> does this sound familiar to you? We're going to go to Penn State in there. Probably going to get some, uh, let's see, are we going to get a Cincinnati in there? Sure. Let's just put poor pitiable Cincinnati in there just as our token. Maybe another token. The percentage of teams that are going to be cycling through um, in terms of new or interesting blood out of you know the 130 plus that we have it's going to be pretty minimal. You you might get the one or two, and that's a might because what if I have Wisconsin? Like I, my favorite team that's always sort of either at the edge of like the four or five, right. or they're right at the edge of the that thirteen twelve. What if I have Wisconsin or Auburn? Wisconsin or Auburn, the Wisconsin of the SEC. What if I have one of those powers fighting for a spot over somebody like a Buffalo, a Boise State, a Fresno State? If we have a um, I'm trying to think of somebody else who might, uh, Toledo, like if you have somebody, you know, some outside shot from the map or UCF perennial internet cranks, UCF, (laughs) right? I did a, I did a Twitter thread uh, yesterday or two days ago that had, you know, please share a video or a gift that sums up what your team's college football season will look like. And, and the funniest answer I got, I mean, like I think about 135 people found it was funny, but it was so on target and niche that I had to love it. It was UCF, like team stated, this is UCF season. And it was the clip of Triple H on Raw going, you know what I'm going to do when I'm unhappy? I'm going to tweet about it. I'm going to go to social media and I will keep tweeting about it. Oh, you're not ready for this. And that's very much the they UCF were, fan. They were Twitter national champs a few years ago, weren't they? They're Twitter national champs every year, man. Yeah. Every year. I love UCF fans because all of them think that they are the first people to ever like football. That's <laughs> all of them. They think they like they they're the ones who did not read the instruction manual on how to college football. So every time they come up on a problem, it is the first time anyone has ever come up on this problem. For instance, hey, did you guys know you can get left out of the playoff? Yeah. <laughs> As a mid-major, that could totally happen. Someone will go, hey, they said something bad about us. We're mad about it. Oh, really? Really? You knew, you knew to this? Yeah. Did you know that they can take a recruit after they say you're going to your school? Heavens. Heaven for offend. <laughs> that has never happened in this sport. So, well, as we think about the, you know, obviously this market is go for football and it's not been great. Two years ago was really good. 11 and two. I mean, that for, for here, that passes as exceptional, but you know, it was, it was a very good year. They won more win. They could have been in a pretty big conversation. Um, if, if 12 teams isn't good enough for, how do you, how do you become a team then that becomes at least on the fringes of that? How, what is this? How do you even begin to, program build if you're in minnesota and become part of that conversation i think for minnesota the advantage they have at the start is being in the big 10 now with conferences engaging in genuine super conference behavior you're going to see more leverage applied on behalf of teams who might be on the edge um and who might be in major conferences that's that's advantage one. So if Minnesota is 10 and two, right? If they are uh, 11 and one, if they are on the outside, then I think they stand a real chance of trumping uh, a team coming from a smaller conference of, of even a big 12 team coming in. For instance, if you take a really good Iowa state team at 10 and two coming out of the big 12, um, the, the, the zombie big 12 as yeah. it were, because <laughs> the, the big 12 already numerically inaccurate, 
by several several standard deviations of inaccurate is only going to get worse when Texas and Oklahoma leave for the SEC in 2025. If they are up against a 10 and 2 Minnesota team, for instance, for that 12 slot, then it's going to Minnesota because there is nothing in a committee's eyes that will give Tiny Ames Iowa leverage over uh, a team that plays in the heart of Minneapolis. I know we normally don't cite Minneapolis as a major TV market. However, compared to Ames, it is. And that yes. is, and compared to the conference affiliations and the way that powers work, or the way that power works in college athletics, Minnesota is going to pull a much heavier tractor than Iowa State. And that metaphor is doubly damaging for Iowa State, I imagine, that they would lose in a tractor affiliated <laughs> metaphor. I'm sure there'd be people that were wanting to know what the brand of tractor is. Um, but that's a, that doesn't really matter to me. Um, so I had a, a bit of whimsy for you in the, in the rundown of, I don't know what you think of PJ Fleck, the gopher coach. Um, I don't know how much you know about him really care that much about Minnesota or the big 10, but I wanted you to, I want you to cast a movie, maybe a Marvel movie, something like that. I want it's a superhero movie, but I want you to cast, Big 10 coaches in it and you have kind of casting autonomy, except that I need you to have PJ Fleck in the movie and I need you to give him a superpower. Um, go. Hmm. Let's see. So he is boundlessly energetic. Yes. And, and right. relentlessly optimistic too. relentlessly optimistic. Um, perhaps to the point of irritation. To of some, his yeah. of his of his teammates, right? Of his yeah, um, of his uh, charges, yes. His charges, his his coworkers. Um, that's interesting because Marvel's been on like a thirty-five to forty-year run of making people less optimistic or interesting. It is very hard for me to not assume that he is close to a Captain America type, but Captain America in real life. I'm not talking about respectful i take notes and i learn about things captain america i'm talking about what captain america would actually be like which is uh so irritatingly positive as to great on everyone around him so yeah i'd go ahead i'd cast him as captain america that's like seems... what if captain america worked in an office or something like that would he be your fa- would he be your favorite co-worker or not absolutely mm-hmm. not no like he is i mean maybe long term he might win you over by eventually being the brightest star in the office and being like, okay, this dude's completely sincere, but like, that's not human. I I think that's probably the closest you get to it. It's like if Captain America were the manager at a very successful regional chain of car washes, like that's, that sort of feels (laughs) like what, what PJ Fleck would be. Right. Probably good that we're not really making Marvel movies. Oh, I would watch them. I would, I would watch Captain America manages a, a, a chain of regionally successful car washes. I'd watch that movie. I want to know the character development would be off the charts. You know, I I think the guy who's probably already got like, and if you want to cast Jim Harbaugh as Red Skull, that's fine. That's your business. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Jim Harbaugh's already kind of got like, you know, good Red Skull vibes anyway to me, right? Like, we will rise. Hydra never rises. Like, (laughs) they never, they're like the Michigan comeback. They're never quite getting off the ground. They didn't make my, they were not in my uh, 11 that have played in the playoff. Michigan fans might not know that, but uh, they have not played in the playoff. 
Hey, let's let's look at that, by the way, that I think at this point, if we're talking about a marginal team that might get in on the edge of the playoff, Minnesota seems far more plausible to me than Michigan. And that's because, like, more than anything else, if you look at what P.J. Fleck does, is they've just been consistent. They've just been consistent across the board. You know, they don't like they they play very they play very buttoned up football. They don't make many mistakes. They take their talent and they put it in a position where everybody seems to know their job and gets very simple, clear assignments. Like this sounds like obvious stuff, but go watch other football teams. They don't do it. Yeah. And that's how you win. That's how you win over the over the long term. Um, Spencer Hall really enjoying this conversation. Last thing for you, then I'll let you get back to your two things um, and, and other projects for the week. Uh, big picture college football landscape. We haven't really talked about, you know, just who's going to be good. What's your, what's your season outlook? I, as, if, if you're just giving someone the, uh, the, the speech of this is what you need to pay attention to in college football this year. What is it to you? I would pay attention to a couple of things and I'm just picking for entertainment value because sure. I know I like, I like people to, I like people to watch stuff that's cool. I don't necessarily, um, I don't necessarily, I'm not loyal to like playoff storylines and I'm not really loyal to like enormous narratives. I kind of uh, have the novelty of watching players and the dude that I really love is Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. Ole Miss, by the way, last year had the most, the most manic depressive yeah, swing personality yeah. because they allowed over 500 yards of offense all the time on defense. They had the best punter in the nation by distance, which we discussed on the shutdown full cast, uh, our weekly podcast. We discussed that this week and they had, um, and they averaged like 39 points on the road, a game. Yeah. They were incredible on offense and they had to be because they were allowing like 45 points. So I think that like Matt Corral is somebody who is going to be a blast to watch, not just because he's great and because he's a little reckless, but because he's being coached by Lane Kiffin, who I oh, know will make I him better. Like That's say, right. yeah, yeah, no, say what you will say what you will about that dude. Okay. But there are two things that are unshakably good about that man. One, he got old miss vaccinated. Yeah. Which in which is astonishing and also and shouldn't be, but that's where we're at. That's it's it's a sad accomplishment where we go, hey, they're all vaccinated. Amazing work, Lane Kiffin. Speaking Lane Kiffin. of doing the the right thing the hard way, yes, yeah, yeah. It's like great job, Lane. And additionally, Lane Kiffin is an amazing coach of quarterbacks. He got Jonathan Crompton at Tennessee to have a fruitful and productive season, something that I think a lot of people thought was completely impossible and has made, made every single quarterback at Alabama better. And he's going to make Matt Corral, who's already an outstanding quarterback, even better this year. So that's a dude that I am extremely uh, excited to watch. Um, as you got, you got Mafe. Uh, yeah, is that how you pronounce his name? Boy, Boy Mafe. Yeah, yeah, Boy Mafe, at Minnesota, <laughs> who is a monster. Yes, absolute beast. He's going to be a delight to watch. Um, and then in terms of other people, um, I like Keishon Butte at, at, at LSU. Like, he's going to be incredible. Like they, 
he's going to fill a gap for them because they need a wide receiver who's going to stand up. And in case you don't know, all LSU does is recruit really talented running backs at wide receiver. It's all they've ever done. It's what makes Odell Beckham like the freak of all freaks for LSU because um, he's actually a pure wide receiver. Everybody else just seems like a, a truck that happens to run a 4-4. I do not know where they find them. I do not know how they keep getting produced, but they are they are out there, and he's the latest. Got a pretty good one here right now with uh, Justin Jefferson, too, the Vikings. God, dude. <laughs> so, I think he got, I think he got a, like, he got overshadowed in that, um, he got overshadowed a lot in that Joe Burrow attack simply because it was too productive. He was just one of three or yeah. four guys who could take the top off a of defense, but he might end up being more polished and physically dominant at the, like, at the next level than Jamar Chase. And that's, that's saying, that's after like granting that I think Jamar Chase is going to be really successful. Yeah. Jefferson. Yeah, just Jefferson's, be, I mean, at 1,400 yards as a rookie, like nobody does that. Yeah. Doug Farrar uh, was breaking yeah. him down on Twitter and just showing, like, yeah, you don't even need to get him open. <laughs> yeah. Just like he's <laughs> just throwing over there. He's just running. He's just running pretty simple routes and running the hell out of them and making professionals look like amateurs. Yeah. I'm excited for the season. I'm, fired up for a lot of things i appreciate your time today spencer good luck with all the projects go follow him on twitter at edsbs uh go to channel six get uh, get your two things a week and uh, spencer let's do this again down the road all right yeah anytime man did you think you were going to hear a winston churchill quote on today's podcast did you think you were going to get a comparison of pj fleck to captain america running a regionally successful car wash. I don't know. Did you? If you did, good for you. If you didn't, I hope you rolled with it and really enjoyed that conversation with Spencer Hall as much as I did. He does a great job. Like I said, follow him at at EDSBS on Twitter. Channel 6 is his new uh, venture with Holly Anderson. Good stuff there as well. I encourage you to check that out. Let's finish with the cooler story that caught my eye in the Star Tribune. Kirk Cousins, the uh, the headline on Kirk Cousins being, you know, can Kirk Cousins, here, here it is, I mean, can Kirk Cousins get better at improvising when things go awry? It's a good story. I just had to chuckle because, uh, you know, basically the, the, uh, the, the whole thing is about how he hasn't been great throughout his career. When, when plays break down, can he get better in those situations? Vikings trying to help him get better in those, situ- those situations. Um, kind of feels to me like the annual can Adrian Peterson catch more passes this year story that we had to do uh, when Adrian Peterson was here and they're trying to get him more involved in the passing game, get the ball in his hand. Uh, the short answer is probably no, but we'll see if the Vikings can work some magic this year with Kirk Cousins. That'll do it for today. I think I'm going to have John Marthaler on Friday show to talk some loons and other things. John, a good friend of mine, I've had him, uh, you know, we've, we've gone on many baseball road trips together and things like that. He's been covering the loons now for, uh, for a bit, and I'm going to catch up with John on that show as well as many other topics on Friday. Thanks for joining me today, and we'll be back at it tomorrow.